and welcome to the Drinking with the Jackets Maiden Voyage, our first podcast. I'm one of the Drinking with the Jackets hosts, Josh Partridge, a.k.a. Stump, a.k.a. the Memphis Magi, a.k.a. Party P. And I'm here to level set with you, the Drinking with the Jackets audience, on the format and mission statement of this podcast. This is a revolutionary sports slash entertainment podcast where my co-host, Chase Randolph, and I interview a plethora of amazing sports personalities and provide expert insights on everything Georgia Tech and fantasy sports related. You may ask yourself, JP, the Memphis Magi, how's this revolutionary? Well, we do our podcast in a power hour format. You hear that? I just cracked a crispy boy. Because this podcast, we are going to down six beers or six drinks in an hour. And if you're 21 years or older and not operating a motorized vehicle, we encourage you, the listener, to drink along. So whenever you hear the ominous sound of a beer cracking and our good fake boy, DJ Khaled, say, Another one. You should have finished your beer to keep pace. So sit back and relax with a cooler full of crispy boys. And enjoy this ride with Drinking with the Jackets. This episode of Drinking with the Jackets is brought to you by Georgia Energy Solutions and their revolutionary Endo Window technology. Is your house so dadgum cold? Because drafty windows that you can freeze the gonads off a gorilla? Can you hear every single word to Mama Tried blasting from your neighbor's front yard? Well, shoot, Drew Murdoch has the proper and the best energy saving window product for you Endo Window. So give him a call at 770-401-8345 if you live in the Atlanta area. Have him come out, give you a quote. I guarantee you'll be satisfied. And Drinking with the Jackets podcast, we're off to a hot start. This is your host, the Memphis Magi, Josh Partridge, with my other host over there, Chase Randolph. Hey, Chase. Hey, Josh. Pleasure to be with you. Always a pleasure to be with the boys. I got to ask you, man, since... uh. We've already told the audience that they got to be drinking with us. Uh, what are you sipping on today? Well, I'm starting things off here with a Sierra Nevada hazy little thing IPA. Ooh, it's quite the starter, but <laughs> that's, that's what's in the fridge. So, yeah, I'm going with the fridge dump too. I've got these uh, Wiseacre Tiny Bomb Tall Boys. So we're about to start off with an explosion, a bang, as some would say. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But uh, hope the audience has their beers because I'm getting after it. So, Chase, uh, the audience can't really see us because we're recording, but I want to let them know that I'm in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, the 901, hence the Memphis Magi. Where are you recording live from? We're coming live from Greenville, South Carolina, just about two and a half hours north of good old ATL. ATL, ho. Well, cool, man. I wanted to know, at least start off, you know, uh, getting to know one another in the audience. And then uh, we'll ask you, uh, the audience doesn't realize this, but we've lined up you, Chase Randolph, to be our first guest. So we'll pick your part, some of your background, and get some of those nitty-gritty stories that you have from your time at Georgia Tech. So what year did you graduate, degree, all that other you know typical BS we talk about when we shake hands with random people in the elevator? Well, got out in 2014 with a degree in industrial engineering. And came up from Pennsylvania, made the long haul down to Georgia Tech. And I've been going to Tech games for as long as I can remember. My dad went to Tech. My papa, my mom's side went to Tech. So, you know, I've been living a sad life as a Georgia Tech fan for a long time now. (laughs) Hey, ain't that the damn truth? Yeah. So similar-ish story where I had a mother and father, or at least a mother that went to Georgia Tech. So I had Tech in my life. I also graduated in 14 with a mechanical engineering degree with Chase. But uh, I grew up in the bulldog camp because my whole dad's family were, were, were dogs. So my great joy is that, you know, my last year as a, a dog fan was 08 when Tech Tech laid the wood to a little Matt Stafford. Shout out to the Super Bowl boy. And then uh, I became a Tech fan through and through. So I've never seen anybody win a national title except the three days I was born in 1990. So that's pretty lame. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for making the switch, Josh. Not many folks make that switch. Yeah, a lot of weenies down south don't. So, uh, 
I was going to ask, man, how do we know each other? Well, we go back to the fraternity days. I joined the fraternity spring semester. JP and I here bonded, watching lots of sports together. Braves, playoff games, you know, Georgia Tech, whatever. And yeah, we just we just sat in the room on Saturdays and Sundays and watched football instead of studying like we should have been. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Uh, my GPA in the fall uh, was approximately a two five compared to like a three zero most of the other time. So uh, ugh, that's a good burp uh, for you. All hail football season. Last question, kind of think for both of us before we get into your uh, your cool tech connection to tech athletics, uh, specifically basketball. What is your best GT sports memory? And then what is also your shittiest GT sports memory? Whew, best. Uh, best is pretty easy. I would say it was right after I graduated, went to the Georgia Tech Florida State game. And I was in the south end zone. And that was obviously the year we we had the, uh, the miracle on Techwood. And I just remember as soon as we returned that thing to the house, jumping up and down with my friends, and I just made a beeline to the field. I'm like the first one on the field from north end zone or the south end zone. And, you know, I'm bobbing and weaving through all these 300-pound Florida State players. Like, I saw Dalvin Cook on my way. Uh, I mean, just some big dudes. And old diddle I'm, dick, man. Old diddle dick Dalvin. I make my way to mid- midfield. I see old Jimbo, Paul Johnson. I'm just like patting him on the back and he's not, he's not paying me any attention, but I made it, I made it on several websites, front page. Um, so I've always got that image. So I'll always, always remember that. That actually, that image actually hangs in my house. So it's pretty dope. It was, it was legendary, but as for, as for the worst moment, I mean, this is now, this is difficult. <laughs> Cause there's a lot. <laughs> I would, I would probably say that, just this past year, that first game against Northern Illinois was probably the worst, worst memory I could have. Shit, I, I think I'm with you, man. Like, I'll let the audience know we uh, we kind of tailgate towards Peter's parking deck. Yeah, me and Chase pass back and forth a fifth of a uh, little bourbon to to drown the sorrows. That was a who the hell loses to NIU? Those Jokers won like what zero games last year? I think they went on to win the uh, MAC championship. Yeah, this year they did. But it, yeah, whatever. year before. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I remember, so, you know, I'd only been married for like three months at this point. And uh, Paige, my wife, went to go watch the Clemson-Georgia game because obviously that was the game that everybody should have been watching that weekend. I was like, oh, you know, we'll just catch up at halftime. No big deal. We'll be beating Northern Illinois. We'll just see the second half with you. She didn't come into the game. And, you know, halftime comes around and we'll lose it. And I'm like, oh, uh-oh, you know, we're going to stick around see this. And sure enough, we, you know, we didn't win. And then turns out Clemson didn't win either. And so we meet up in the parking lot and she's sad about the loss and telling me how she's sad. And I didn't really have a lot of remorse for her in that moment because we just lost <laughs> in Illinois. <laughs> was not a very nice husband to her uh, in that moment. But we learned a lot about marriage in that, in that time and during the whole football season, I would say. Yeah, love is patient. That's for damn sure. We're, we've shown a lot of love to f- Pardon my French. We've been very patient with Jeffy. So anyway, I'll go with mine pretty quick. I think my best GT sports memory, I actually have the the ticket sitting right in front of me uh, framed, was uh, November 29th, 2014. The pick and the kick, a.k.a. Harrison Bucker kicking, kicking the long field goal. I'm in Sanford Stadium, you know, in this GT student section, which is like right behind the band. I've got grown ass dog fans barking at me the whole damn game. I've kept my mouth shut. And some of y'all know who know me. Uh, my best friend from high school, Drew Murdoch's a Georgia fan. And we hadn't missed a game since 08. And he went to UGA. So we're sitting next to each other. And, you know, the game, the game transpires, comes down to the kick uh, to go to overtime. And, you know, being a typical tech fan, I'm like, there's no way in hell he hits this damn 53 yard field goal. And as I watched it cross over the crossbars, I jumped, you know, all squatty, 190 pounds of me, went up with a uh, five foot six, so Drew's height vertical, and I had my feet touching his shoulders at a sheer just joy. And next thing I know, we're in overtime. Then Hudson, Hudson Mason in his noodle arm, throw a beautiful pick to DJ, and, and that's, that's a story. That was probably the greatest time ever, turning around, 
listen to a bunch of bulldogs complain about us tearing up hedges. And I'm like, I'm like y'all ate turf. I watched a grown man, you know, eat turf last year, you know, when they beat us. So, you know, kiss my ass and can't wait to see you, you know, at bourbon street and on freshman, you old creeper. So that's probably my best sports uh, memory for GT. Yeah, also, uh, we've hit that about that time where another one, Chase, have you finished your beer? Uh, I haven't quite yet, JP, but uh, I'll, I'll pick up the pace. Yeah, we got to pick up the pace on these beers. Uh, I'm almost done with this tall boy. I'm like a fish drinking water right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the audience may not know this, but Chase and I's uh, connection to GT Sports goes a little deeper, actually. Both of us were basketball managers together uh, during the, not the golden age, but the turd age, maybe, under Brian Gregory, where we had zero tournament appearances but you know that being said a lot of good guys a lot of good memories um but chase you're here and we want to interview you on some of like some of the intimate details behind the program what what cool things you saw what was it like being a student athlete quote unquote day in and day out and you know what are the perks of the job and and what do you see now in the gt sports well yeah i would say it was my sophomore year and I just sent out an email to, at the time it was, you know, coach Gregory. And I just asked him about being a manager. The next thing I know, I get a response back from the director of basketball operations wants me to come in for a practice. So I, you know, I come to practice. I'm like dressed all nice. And I show up, he's like, well, what do you dress so nice for? <laughs> and I just watch, I watch practice and he like kind of shows me what I would do. And he's like, so uh, when can you start? And I was like, Whenever. So I'm pretty sure I showed up like the next day. Just came to practice. I did that for three years. And it was usually like five of us at, at a practice set up for practice. You help with drills and clock management. Then you clean up afterwards. One of the one of the nice things, they give you priority registration. So you get to register for classes for everybody else. That was clutch. They gave you some Russell Athletic swag, which was <laughs> the finest athletic apparel. That you can have. Oh man, that's a throwback, Russell Athletic. <laughs> I'm actually wearing one of the sweatshirts right now. Feels feels great. Yeah, I, I see that one. I actually have that one too. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, it did make good hoodies. That's about it. Yeah, we 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 got really unlucky that we missed the Adidas wave, but it was awesome. You know, we got to meet a ton of people. You never knew who you were going to get coming through there. I know Josh. You got the pleasure of letting Chris Bosh in the arena one time. Thought LeBron James might might join him, but he didn't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's a funny story right there. That was the best part was, and to give you all like some context, so Chase Chase actually got to do managing when uh, the Camish Pavilion was like under construction. So he had a crappy year of like traveling to uh, oh. what's now State Farm Arena and setting up games. No, no, no. It, it was I forgot actually. It was even worse than that. The first five games of the year, we went to Gwinnett. Gwinnett. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Not, <laughs> um, I mean, but then after that it was state from Marina. So we never really had a home game like ever. We were, yeah. Was- yeah. You had the trash year and then you came up to me and we're like, Hey man, we get like a thousand dollars maybe, you know, Josh. And <laughs> I know your grades suck, you know, so you probably need all the priority priority registration you can get. Why don't you do this? And I'm broke and trying to pay for fraternity dues and trying to buy uh, 30 racks and natty you know, on the weekend and do my thing. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. And uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. He showed me the ropes too. And that story is so funny because I had, it was GT UNC game. And I remember like, we had to like jostle for which home games you would work. Uh, one benefit of the home game was, you know, you got $15 to feed yourself and then like all the leftover sandwiches and, uh, you know, some teams would leave like a bunch of Cokes and stuff and protein shakes. You got to steal all that crap, but it was a big game. And like UNC was ranked. I remember you like talked to our manager at the time. and was like, no, man, I want to watch from the stands. Like it's going to be a lit game. It's going to be dope. And uh, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm the low man on the totem pole. Cause I'm a new guy. So of course I got to work the damn game at halftime. I'm like, you know, wheeling in balls and towels and crap. And uh, who walks through the tunnel? But it's the man, Calvin Johnson. And I'm so like starstruck at the time. All I go is, Calvin Johnson. And he turns back around and goes, Yeah. And I go, 
it's you. <laughs> he just like laughs at me and keeps walking. And I'm like, I'm like, you're, you're a legend, bro. You're a legend. And like, that's all I could like think of. Cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then our basketball uh, head of department comes running up and he's like, Josh, Josh. And I'm like, uh, what do you want? Jacobs? And he's like, Hey, I need you head to the top right now. I think I know Chris Bosch is coming and I think LeBron James is coming to the side entrance. I need you to run up there with the assistant athletic director and walk them down. And of course I'm like, uh, yeah. And, you know, and you know, 22 year old me's having like a, a party in his pants. This is like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so I come sprinting up the steps in like the fastest 40 time you've ever seen for a guy that weighs 190 pounds and drinks heavily and eats like hot dogs every day. So that's not very fast, but I come huffing and puffing and open the door and uh, the assistant athletic director like looks at me and is like, who the hell is this damn scrub? And I'm just there to open the door and I open the door and luckily I didn't say this out loud, but in comes Chris Bosch, but no damn LeBron James. And I was like, damn it, where's LeBron? Uh, and then, you know, I recover. I'm like, oh, it's Chris Bosch. This is dope as hell. So we like, you know, start walking down and he's of course going to sit courtside or whatever. Uh, and I'm like texting chase at the time. I'm like, dude, I'm letting in LeBron James. So I was going to disappoint him at, you know, at this point. Uh, and as we walk through the facilities to get down to the court, you've got to like walk through the locker room and then take an elevator down uh, and then go through the tunnels and lead you out to the uh, uh, court at the center of it is a picture of Chris Bosch, you know, when he was a tech playing is this, it was this giant mural kind of, or, or like a printed picture. And it's like right at the front of it. He just goes, yo, man, that's an old ass picture of me. And I, all I can mutter, cause I'm still starstruck that it's Chris Bosch. I'll goes, it is, it is. And I'm shaking my head like a, like a goob. So I've, I've like goob twice where Calvin Johnson thinks I'm an idiot. And so does Chris Bosch. You know, the only way I could be more of a dumbass is if Justin Thomas, you know, talked to me and, you know, that's the trifecta or Joe Ham. So I'm already idiot to three Georgia Tech, you know, or two Georgia Tech sports legends. So that's cool. Uh, anyway, we go down and I'm like following them. And then, of course, they go down and to take seats. He sits at the end of the bench, which happens to be the manager seats. So I just sit on the floor like a, like a five-year-old. It was awesome. I forgot that you saw Calvin in, in the midst of all that. Yeah, that was probably the most legendary day of my life. Actually, that's maybe the best GT Sports memory, other than the fact that we lost that game. So I also got to shake Roy Williams' hand, too. He was nice. Yeah, a, a close second for me was would be, you know, Ireland. Oh, shoot. Yeah, Ireland was dope. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> 2016, we went with a bunch of fraternity brothers to uh, Ireland to watch the Boston College game. I'll let you, I'll let you tell the story. I want to hear it from your perspective. Like, that trip and at least the Georgia tech part of that one. Well, you know, so I was the one responsible for booking the flights and stuff. And for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to book a flight that literally arrived at 9 AM when the game itself was at 1230 PM. So if there were any delays or anything, we would have not made kickoff, but luckily there weren't air lingus flew us right on time. Oh, air dingus. Perfectly reliable airline. And then Josh Sweet talked the flight attendant to giving us a six pack of Heineken at seven in the morning as we landed. <laughs> and then, you know, you walk through the Dublin airport, they give you a shot of Jameson on your way out. It's just a great, great place. So we get to our Airbnb, put our stuff down. We're like, all right, we got we to gotta get to the game like right away. And we start looking for a place to start drinking. And don't see anything. We've been like six blocks and we haven't seen anything. And the, I decided to ask this random Irish lady where the closest pub is. And she goes, you're in effing Ireland. There's a pub on every corner. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I haven't seen one, but anyway, so finally we, we come up on a pub, like right by the stadium. And it was like, we were back in Atlanta. We just saw all these people we knew from tech. It was crazy. and. We go in the game and same thing. I mean, every everywhere you turn, it's like, oh, I know this person. You're just talking to people. And it's like, you're not even like bringing up the fact that you're in a foreign country talking to him. You're just pretending like you're in Atlanta. Obviously, the game was a little closer than we wanted, but we pulled it out in the end before we lost Josh for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember that 
to this day, like at least the first half of the day, Chris memories. Remember we went to those pubs and I think we were talking like shit a little bit. And some Irish guy was like, you think you're going to beat Boston college? And I'm like, hell yeah, we are. He goes, are you sure? You only won a handful of games last season. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, I didn't think y'all would, like check this, the, the, the record, man. Like, damn. Yeah, you, weren't, you weren't supposed to know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Also, another one. We got to drink another one. <laughs> we're, on, we're on beer, too. Here's counting. Anyway, yeah, man. What's, what's funny is that, you know, you talked about your wife. Uh, Madison actually saw me at that game, too. And I think me and Nasty Nate, who uh, the audience will eventually have the pleasure of meeting, we like went to go talk to one of her sorority sisters or whatnot, and she's standing there, and we're like on the bridge of blackout, and apparently uh, her friend, you know, looks over to Madison, who had just accepted a internship down in South South Georgia to plant Edwin I Hatch, where I happen to be employed. Said, "Yeah, you're going to be working with these two morons," <laughs> and that's so that's her first memory of me is like stumbling over and then doing a chug off with some Irish dudes behind us as we chugged Guinness, uh, which is dope. If any stadium could serve Guinness, that uh, it's, it's a win. And then like Chase said, I got lost because I was yelling, yellow jackets up and down trying to get people hyped. And then I ran out the doors and then realized, no, I actually didn't realize, but I, I got lost. And then spent a time warp of about six hours in a different Irish pub by myself smoking cigarettes with random Irish dudes. <laughs> we, we found them when we got back to the Airbnb. So yeah, I got returned. Luckily there's, there's good souls in this world. <laughs> that's, that's uh, if you ever want to hear the rest of that story, we got to be uh, off the air because it's, it gets a little X-rated uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so Chase, dude, I know one of the funniest things or one of my fondest memories was like some of the interaction with some of the staff, because Guys like Rich, who still work at the uh, GT program, you know, were fantastic. But I think the funniest stuff was uh, some of the coaches and their ridiculousness. Wh- who was your favorite coach and what was some of the ridiculous crap you had to do or what was some funny stuff? I would say that Coach Schmidt was was my favorite coach for sure. He was he was the coach that he coached up the big men. Yeah, and just as a reference, Coach Schmidt, I think he followed uh, Billy Donovan to Florida, right? And then he was in uh, the NBA with Donovan at OKC for a while. Yeah, I'm actually I'm not sure where he's at right now, but anyway, yeah, Coach Schmidt was great. He always treated the managers very well. Took us out for meals before the season started. Just a funny guy. He'd always, you know, want to know what's going on in your personal life. I remember. I mean, there were, there were a million funny moments that I could that I could share, but. So one time <laughs> it was just like middle of practice and he, he, he asks me to yells at me from across the gym. Hey, Chase, get over here. And so I'm like, yes, coach. And he goes, go get me a whiteboard. So I literally sprinted all the way over to him to see what he wanted. Then he told me to go get a whiteboard. So I had to sprint all the way to the other side of the gym, get the whiteboard and then come back. And he takes the whiteboard from me and he draws a middle finger on it and hands it back to me. And he goes, hey, Chase, before you go out tonight, why don't you take five minutes and go F yourself? <laughs> yeah, dude, he was a character, man. Yes, coach. <laughs> I was, you like loved him and, but feared him because he was so stern and like intense. Like I remember him yelling at me, stop, get out the block, you dumbass. But I, I mean, he was always nice though, like at the end of the day. Yeah, I think we should talk about how you got your nickname, Stomp. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, so uh, actually it was from uh, Coach Buley, Mike Buley, if I remember his first name correctly. Uh, I think he's still the strength coach at Clemson now for the Clemson GT or Clemson basketball. At least I saw him uh, two years ago when we went to Clemson uh, for the GT basketball game there. Anyhow, he's, he's a, you know, a mound of meat, dude. The guy's just a straight, like, yoked you know typical strength coach and <laughs> i think i was like working out or something or running around when practice he goes damn you're a thick guy you look like a damn stump you're about as built as a damn stump <laughs> you know what your nickname is now stump so literally i don't think any coach or any person on the program other than maybe like rich 
and like doc knew my actual first name. They just knew me as stump. <laughs> like I'm a hundred percent positive. And so Bewley, we'd be in the middle of like a game in the, uh, you know, it'd be timeout and me and Chase are trying to be stoic around coach Gregory's ripping, ripping someone, the new asshole, you know, we're standing there like a bunch of putts with some towels and some water bottles. And he would come like behind my right ear and Chase would be standing next to me. And he goes, stumpalicious, stumpalicious to the, the Fergie song all the time. He was crazy. I think the funniest thing I ever heard him say was he was like, you know, coaches all had to wear suits. And I think me and Chase were down in the tunnel one time, passing a ball back. What in halftime he comes, you know, messing with the suit and goes, it's higher than two rats effing in a wool sock. <laughs> and I just remember looking at Chase and dying. <laughs> he was the most ridiculous guy ever. That was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah. I laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> so traveling was definitely part of the, part of the game or part of the, part of the uh, task in being a manager. So I know me, I, I stayed close to home for a lot of those travel games. Uh, I, I think I only went to Clemson the two years I was a manager because I wanted to see my family. I had, my cousin uh, lives in Clemson. And so uh, it was always cool to get an opportunity to see him. Uh, but you got to go to a lot of cool places. Like, so like, tell us like where you went and like some of the coolest parts of those experiences. Yeah, I went to, um, I went to a lot of cool places. I went to, one year we had a Thanksgiving tournament in Anaheim, which actually wasn't that cool because I mean you spend most of your time in basketball gyms, so you don't really get to experience much of the outside. But we did we did go to Disneyland when we were there, and I saw Christina Aguilera, so that, <laughs> that was pretty funny. But, what's, what's cooler, uh, Calvin Johnson or Christina Aguilera? <laughs> definitely, definitely Calvin. Christina was looking a little rough. Oh, rough. <laughs> I mean, definitely the coolest place was was Cameron Indoor. We went for practice, and I mean, you would just think it was like a high school gym. But then we came back for the game, and I mean, they just jam people in there left and right. And it's, I mean, the atmosphere is crazy. I remember we were actually hanging with them in the first half, and then they blew us out in the second. But it was really, really cool. I remember uh, I was in line for the national anthem, and Coach K somehow was like right behind me. And I thought real long and hard about taking a selfie. <laughs> during the national anthem but i was like if i get caught doing this i'm probably gonna get fired so oh, yeah. I, I didn't do it but cameron Ender was was awesome uh unc was was cool a random one that was really cool was illinois oh it was after the thanksgiving tournament in anaheim we went up to we flew right from the anaheim to chicago we practiced at DePaul, and then after practice we went up to illinois stayed the night and played illinois the next night it was a nine o'clock tip and so by the time we got back to tech, it was like four in the morning. No, oh, geez. But those fans, those fans were, they were excited to watch some basketball. It was a good environment, but yeah. Yeah. A lot, a, lot of cool, a lot of cool places. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to get to go to most, most ACC venues, a few I didn't get to go to, but hopefully I will one day. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely had like a, a really good, uh, travel schedule. That's so funny. You mentioned coach K, uh, also, Another one. We got down another beer ski. <laughs> I think we were working at that home game with me, played Duke, and Rashid Suleiman was on the uh, the squad. And oh, so yeah. usually, usually you had uh, the balls at half court. I forgot. We would, you know, we try to pick up, you know, a shoot arounds ending and, and getting ready for the national anthem and stuff. And for some reason, I needed to, to, to roll the balls across the court, and Rashid was still like shooting oh. shots. <laughs> and I'm rolling into the chase, and I rolled one across. And Rashid Suleiman literally steps on it and almost slips and falls as it goes across the court. And I saw Coach K's head turn so quick. And I have never ducked inside of a polo so quickly in my life. I was like, holy crap, I'm about to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> laser beams are about to shoot out of Coach K's crotchety ass and, like, hit me in the face. Coach K would have killed me. Oh, yeah, he would have definitely killed me. Old, old Roy seemed super nice. Coach K seemed like a... He would would have would have murdered me. I remember you also took a big number two in the toilet before <laughs> you left while setting up the away locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they arrived to uh, State Farm Arena for a nice surprise. Yeah, I've done a number a number of things in uh, visitor locker rooms. <laughs> Just to let the audience know, I may or may not have had sweet love in a visitor's locker room one night after a uh, fraternity event. So, oh, but people don't need to know this, Josh. Yeah, yeah. So, perks of being a manager, I guess. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, 
I wanted to uh, to ask you about one travel thing. I, I know that at least me and I know you, big fans of West Durham, man. He's got the silky voice and has some of the best Georgia Tech calls. But I think you traveled with him at the time, right? Yeah, there was one. Wes was on all the all the trips. And there was one one trip where I actually sat on the bus next to him. We we chatted the whole time and super nice guy. Yeah, so, shout out Packer Durham. Yeah, dude, I love Packer and Durham. I watch I watch it all the time. I turn it like when Paige is home, she wants to watch the Today Show. I turn on Packer and Durham. She's like, "Why do you watch this? It's like two guys in a barber shop." I'm like, "I know, it's amazing. <laughs> it's the best show on TV." Yeah, I, I I think if you're a younger GT fan, I think like at least in the I think his golden era for tech voice calls like in mid 2000s maybe earlier with uh, uh some of chan's teams man like some his his golden voice was just so good i don't know i, yeah. I don't know i'm a little biased wes is great love wes and uh yeah he was he was just a super nice guy we just yeah and the voice of he was he was meant to call sports on radio yeah i wanted to uh, also ask you uh, at least do you do you recall so if you're listening to this drinking with the jackets podcast and if you follow us on instagram or our uh Facebook group or anything else in our unified branding <laughs> drinking with the jackets is a picture of me. And if you can't tell jumping on chase and at a basketball game, chase, do you remember that game and remember like everything that happened with that? Oh, I, I mean, I just remember, I think it was, was it Marcus that hit the shot? Yeah, it was definitely Marcus George's hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Who just got signed in the G league. So shout out to Marcus. Yeah. Marcus back home in uh, college park. But yeah, I just remember him hitting a big, big three and, you know, we just went nuts. Josh tried to jump on me and I just pushed him off and made for a great photo. Yeah. I think we made, uh, I think Danny took a, yeah, Danny Karnick's photo. Yeah. 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 And I think we were like one of the front pictures that they had. Uh, I remember, uh, uh, I can't remember which assistant coach came running up, get the hell off the court. You know, we didn't want to get a technical after that, but. And I think we were like halfway on the court at least. I was, I was going out of my mind. I do another game. I wanted to to ask you and see if you could tell the story. Was uh, Snowpocalypse two when we had to we had the UNC game at home, which was a cool thing because you know not a lot of people could travel. But I don't remember if you remember this. I think they had asked us to see if uh, they couldn't fly in like the official ACC refs that were supposed to ref the game. They were gonna have to go with a backup crew. And they, they went up to us and asked, or uh, Jacobs told us that we have to maybe do the official game clock and all this crap. And I was freaking out. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that part. I was freaking out, too. I mean, you know, I've done the clock in practice, but, you know, doing it for a game is a whole new level. And, you know, eventually they, they ended up getting someone else in there. So it was fine. But I do remember, I think that they let more students in than usual because, they knew no one else was going to come to the game because he couldn't get there. And it was one of the most exciting atmospheres we had all year. Um, yeah, I totally remember it, dude. It was awesome. Students, students came in like out, out the wazoo and it, it was an awesome experience. I think, did we win that game? I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure I've got like the media pass somewhere. I can't remember if we, we did or not. I don't, either, I, just, I don't remember, but I remember it was, it was a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember like some of the Georgia games, they did the same thing. They like let students up to the top level uh when McCamish first opened up and it was it was it it was a pretty ruckus like atmosphere legitimately it was good anyway you got any other things you know we can wrap this up and then head to head to some of the other chunks unless you can think of like a really good juicy manager story let's see I I can't I don't think I can really think of anything I just remember this one (laughs) remember remember the uh uh I think Atlanta had the final four that tournament uh that one year Worked for Nike for yeah. yeah. This is like the first time I yeah yeah yeah. Well, we won't get into those details, but yeah, we worked for Nike for like off the books pay. That was some pretty sketchy stuff. We gave us a pair of shoes for like a lot of work. Yeah, I think we had to like put down like these displays um, for like I, I guess they were like they had two bars on each side, so they had to be like uh, uh, preferred like uh, pregame drinking areas, uh, similar to big bowl games like the Orange Bowl. Uh, but I remember we had to like lay down actual hardwood floor and all we got for it was like a, a I mean, it was a nice pair of shoes, but then like at first they gave us a, a, a notebook, a Nike notebook. And it was like, good luck. Thanks for your hard work. Here's a $5 notebook. And I was so pissed. <laughs> Actually, I still use that notebook. Oh, you still do that? <laughs> it's probably like a moleskin or something like that. Yeah. 
and they get they did end up giving us a really cool pair of Air Maxes, so that made everything cool. But uh, I remember being so mad. And the funny thing was that we were still under Russell contract at the time, but our all of our footwear was Nike. So we had like, I think we'd get like one good pair of Nikes every year as managers. Yeah, we'd get like the trainer Nikes, like the ones that everybody wore on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, I ran mine ragged. It, 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 that was a cool thing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Working out at the uh, old CRC, wearing all my Georgia Tech basketball equipment and uh, our gear, and then this fresh pair of Nikes. I think me and you would do some double pistol chesty, and then maybe you do some bicep with our boy Dylan and try to look cool as hell to all the you know six chicks going to the uh, treadmill. And, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be riding the Stinger bus wearing my Georgia Tech stuff. They'd be like, are you on the basketball team? I'm like, do I look like I'm on the basketball team? <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> I guess uh, Travis Jorgensen at the time, but uh, that was that was about it. Travis is a good guy, though. Travis is awesome. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, all right. Last, last, last quick story before we transition. I, I do remember sometimes you know during film they would have practice and they'd go into the film room and go go do stuff and that would leave us like twenty minutes of like nothing just on the practice court. And I remember <laughs> a lot of times we'd like do like 21 or something or shoot, but we, we decided to play like three on three one time. And I didn't realize it, but the cameras they have in that practice arena were uh, active. And we come, uh, you know, we're like shooting around. We finish up real quick playing <laughs> pickup. <laughs> and here comes a team like laughing at us, like walking in going, y'all suck at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there were no uh, athletic qualifications to being a manager. You no, no. Had to have two legs and two arms. Two arms. Be, be like minimal level of athletic, to, enough to pass a ball, move around, maybe hit a guy with a pad and rebound. <laughs> yeah, my famous J-Hook made the, made the film for uh, Brian Gregory, you know, to, to really look at. <laughs> well, cool. Dude, thanks for uh, sharing and, and opening up about being a basketball manager. We'll post some sweet pics on the gram. It was a good time. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Made me a bigger, bigger tech fan, you know, than I already was. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. Uh, you know, even though one of the worst stretches of basketball I think in recent memory, but wouldn't have traded it. So no, heck no. Well, cool. So we're going to transition to to some of our other regular parts of the podcast that we'll keep doing. And these will kind of occur every week. Also, another one. We got to finish another beer. I'm starting to feel these. It's pretty good. Cheers. Chase is rocking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale right now. It's it. First thing I wanted to say was, so upcoming episodes, especially if this is uh, during football season, we'll probably, and by probably, we definitely will, we'll recap some of the things that we noticed during game day. Um, maybe bring in some expert opinions. So for the spring game, which is St. Patrick's Day, for our Irish friends, Solancha, which means cheers, uh, which we learned in Dublin. So here, cheers, everybody. Solancha. Solancha. Spring game, we'll probably have a good recap. Of course, me and Chase, besides working uh, good nine-to-fives, our other job is uh, all things Georgia Tech. So don't worry. I'm going to watch the spring game. Heck, I might even be there. Uh, the next one specifically uh, is called Kicks Before Kickoff. Let's just say Chase and I have a an end to a uh, shoe producer. And so we have some bad AF kicks. And as soon as we launch our YouTube side of the podcast, you'll be able to see them. But uh, first, Kicks Before Kickoff would be the Jordan 4 Torontos. I've got a pair of Jordan 4 Torontos. So cool thing about these, these are... Made specifically for Drake because he's a huge Toronto fan. Right after they won um, the NBA title, honestly, they look sick as hell. That's what I'm wearing right now. Chase, which type of shoes are you wearing right now? I'm currently wearing Crocs, uh, camo Crocs, fleece line. It's cold outside. Uh, Damn straight. Great to take the dog out in for a walk, go to the bathroom before bed. And before all you haters say anything else, I'm about to say, I also own a pair of camo Crocs because. You have no idea when you'll be in a tactical situation while taking out the trash, okay? That's uh, right. Big facts. Also, I mean, they're just fashionable. Also, uh, just to let everybody know, next week, or next episode, let me apologize for that. Next episode, we already have a special guest lined up. He's uh, one of my really good friends, Connor Hill. 
What's special and what's exciting about Connor is that he actually worked for ESPN, specifically the SEC Network. He's an Emmy Award winner, part of the production team for the Paul Feinbaum Show. And uh, he's got a lot of ESPN gossip, some interesting stories about high-profile personnel. And he's also a, just a good Georgia Tech guy, too, through NBA. He loves the Jackets. There's a second team. He's a big Auburn guy. Also knows some really good people such as the uh, the O'Connor group of folks. So look ahead to episode two with Connor Hill. Now we're going to transition to Chase Randolph with the Wasty Rivals update of the week. Ooh, all right. Well, as you guys know, today is National Signing Day and not much action on the, on the signing day front for Tech today. Got the letters of intent signed by Clayton Powell from right down the road in Atlanta playing corner. From Westlake, we got got offensive lineman Bobby Mooney from California, which dude, he's a big guy. I like him. His dad played at Tech, so he's a big boy. So we'll, you know, a little, little under the radar. We'll see how he how he pans out, but I like I like his frame. We also got a wide receiver, Julian Lewis, who had you know previously committed and decommitted, but then decided to come back. So we're happy to have him on the flats. I would say the biggest storyline of the day, even though it was we kind of. Kind of saw it coming was Bonner, the four-star wide receiver from Cedar Lake, decommitting and going to Nebraska. It seems like after the first signing day, he kind of ghosted the staff, and I think I think they kept reaching out to him. But I don't I don't know I don't I don't know what happened with that. But sad he's not on the flats. But it seems like Georgia Tech just had a bad run at trying to get some wide receivers on campus. But yeah. we're hoping that Leo Blackburn next year turns the tide for us. So. Yeah. Class ended up at 52 on Rivals, 51, 52, something like that. 51 on 24-7. So not not what we were looking for. I know, I know Todd Stansbury said it was tapping our high recruiting class. And then, you know, it all went to crap after the last two games of the season. But everybody's talking about the transfers. I don't know. The average star rating is a little bit better than than the actual overall rating, but I think average was is what, like the thirties, like around 32, but yeah, Jeffy, Jeffy, uh, prides himself on being a recruiter and he's a step it up. Yeah. That's why Jeffrey, Jeffrey was in my man cave and, uh, now he's in the garage until he, uh, behaves a little bit better. Yeah, um, Josh actually got married on new year's Eve and, uh, invited Jeff Collins to his wedding. And- that's a big fact. I actually emailed him, uh, via chase, getting his email. Uh, and he did respond. He's a good guy. Got to give it to him. Guy responded, said that he was going to be uh, busy during bowl season. That was, was not, not true. He was not busy. As some famous politicians would say, that was fake news. So uh, my wedding got postponed by a year. So he was uninvited to year two of my wedding yeah, because of uh, performance reprimands. Anyway, this is kind of a, a, a call out for all of our listeners, too. If you're really interested in uh, getting some of this recruiting uh, knowledge, some of the behind the scenes stuff, you know, I recommend signing up for a, a recruiting service just because, number one, sometimes at work, you know, you get a little bored on the, on the can and stuff. But number two, you get a, a lot of really good behind the scenes knowledge. And, of course, we want to shout out to some of the guys that, that do a really good job. And that'd be like Kelly and uh, Russell uh, at Rivals. So, you know, shout out to them. Keeping the people in the loop. We're biased, but um, yeah, we are biased because rivals, we have both have accounts. It out, it out kicks twenty four seven by by a mile. Yeah, hundred percent. So, guys, we're going to transition to our last piece, uh, our last normal segment, which is the Memphis Magi. The Memphis Magi is going to talk about the West, the Box God Fantasy League, and uh, everything else fantasy sports related. The Memphis Magi is a kind of a personality to himself. He loves the 901. And more importantly, he loves his fantasy football team, AKA the rump Raiders. We're going to give you kind of like a background on the league because it is important. Fantasy leagues are very important. And the West of box God league is the utmost fantasy football league in the entire nation. The reason why is because not only are we competitive, not only do we have a great trophy, which happened to be stolen uh, from GT basketball many years ago, and is actually a uh, trophy that represented the Letterman's game. What was it? The uh, <laughs> it wasn't it like an alumni Letterman's game for Georgia Tech versus UGA or something like that. 
It was from like the eighties. I don't even know. Unfortunately, I've never had the trophy, so I couldn't tell you what it says, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, we stole it from the locker room and it had been sitting there collecting dust for years. Yeah. So I don't think anybody's missing it. No one's missing it. The correct term is uh, appropriated. Anyway, uh, <laughs> another distinguishing factor is that we have had a uh, long list of stellar Sacco punishments. So some of you fantasy football uh, noobs, Sacco punishment is when you get in last place, you have to be punished. So I think some of them included uh, ACT, taking ACT, the Waffle House Challenge. We did an ESPN Bodies thing where uh, the loser had to take calendar shots of himself, similar to ESPN Bodies Mag, uh, but with embarrassing sports pictures and such. And then the last component is we have the best destination drafts. I mean, we've drafted in Vegas. We've drafted in Darlington, South Carolina at NASCAR races in the Mallard, which is a beautiful, beautiful RV. <laughs> but that being said, we're going to give you a high, high level recap of this season, or at least from the, the viewpoint of Chase's team and then my team. And then we'll also break into uh, fantasy updates going forward. My update is this the Rump Raiders, aka La Miserump this season since I changed my name every single year. He had an up and down season, had really good all, what should have been great all-stars of Diddle Dick Dalvin, who got injured too dang much. AJ Brown, my tight end trade for the century, which was a Dalton Schutz. And then a litany of other guys. We limbered, lumbered to about a 500 uh, regular season. Not great. Got stuck in the last bracket. Had to come up. Luckily, the boys were balling. Got me out of the Sacco playoffs immediately, but it's not not the same as last year when the Rump Raiders made a run at the championship and uh, lost to Alvin Kamara six touchdowns on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, yikes! Chase, how did your team fare out? Oh, it wasn't a good year for me either, Josh. I think I started off like two and five, so I I, I drafted three Chiefs off the bat. Unprecedented move. It was Tyreek Hill, then I got Travis Kelsey, followed by Patrick Mahomes. You know, I had it all planned out in my head. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm just going to get points galore. But what I didn't think about was running backs. I didn't get a running back for a while. It was bad bad all year until finally I made a move for James Conner. I traded Tyreek, which was like Tyreek was my guy. And everybody at the time thought, so I traded Tyreek and – Jamal Williams, backup running back for the Lions, for James Conner and DJ Moore. I'm a Panthers fan, so it made it even sweeter. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's not good. But turns out James Conner went beast mode in the second half of the year. He had a touchdown like every game. And, you know, everybody was hating on the trade, but I think I won like six straight games, got back in the hunt, but it wasn't enough to make the playoffs and missed it by. I think it ended up – I ended up missing the, the tiebreaker by, like, six points. All I needed was six more points. I didn't even need another, like, win. It was just six more points. There was, there was, like, three or four of us all, like, in that cusp of making the playoffs, and we all – yeah. Ended up – made the stack of playoffs. Got out the first round, so that was good, but – Yeah. Nux, man. Nux for not a, good, not a good year. Not a good year. Yeah. So, prepare family. Uh, we'll probably start talking fantasy after uh, Super Bowl. So, Chase, I know the uh, AFC and NFC championships just wrapped up. I'm kind of a uh, – well, my first allegiance is with the Falcons, and then my second allegiance is uh, with, with the Titans. So, watching Titan the big – yeah, <laughs> tighten up. Shout out to the boys for free. Uh, Playoff Willie and then uh, Taylor Juan with the Titans, Bustin' with the Boys podcast. If you're listening to – you know, looking for a good podcast to listen to, fantastic Barstool podcast. Yeah, anyway, uh, I got to say this. Dude, Joey Buckets, a.k.a. Mighty Joe Young and the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that's my pick for the Super Bowl, man. Not that I think they're going to win, but that's the team I want to win. I'm on the same page. I want the Bengals to win. You know, in general, I don't root for anything California. So I want the Rams to lose. They've also got a lot of strong personalities that I don't like. Jalen Ramsey, OBJ. Von Miller, who ruined the Panthers' Super Bowl. He doesn't need another one. Uh, so I'm pulling for the Bengals. It's fair. You heard it here. So what do you think the, uh, the scoreline is going to be? Um, I'm going to go Bengals 
24 Rams 20. Ooh, that's similar to mine. I'm going Bengals 28, Rams 24. I think I think the Rams are a three point favorite right now. Maybe it's changed. I don't know, but I don't. I, I can't bet against Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joey Buckets gets buckets until he proves that he can't win. Which the only time he didn't win last year is because he tore his ACL. I mean, I'm pulling for the guy. Oh yeah, dude. As a as a fellow ACL terror, I'm with the man. Okay. Well, guys, I really appreciate, or I, me and Chase really appreciate y'all joining the inaugural launch of drinking with the jackets podcast we're gonna wrap things up chase what beer are you on right now it's my fourth um sierra nevada this one's <laughs> yeah i'm on uh i'm almost actually i'm done with tall boy number three for 64 ounces which equates to almost six beers um <clears throat> this is the the moment when uh we're gonna do a funnel and a sound off and a sound out so guys Thank you for joining us on our inaugural trip. We can't wait to have our second episode with Connor Hill. So listen tightly, listen closely, and drink with the Jackets. Good Jackets. Amen. This Drinking with the Jackets podcast is proudly brought to you by Crazy Strong CrossFit. If you live in the Vidalia area looking to get swole, maybe buff, or just big, check out CrossFit Crazy Strong or talk to our local friend, Nasty Nate O'Connor. Come on by and get your pump on. This has been a Drinking with the Jackets production. All audio was mixed by DJ Scotty Z. Tune in next time for another exciting episode full of jackets and drinks.